Hello and welcome to Supergroup, a podcast where I talk to local songwriters and musicians about the artists that have influenced their music, and together we build the guest's very own supergroup. My guest chooses their favourite drummer, bass player, a rhythm guitarist or keyboardist, a lead guitarist, and then finally a singer to duet with. I am your host Neil King, and my guest today is local singer-songwriter Simon Ray from Truman Falls. Well, hi, Simon. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. And you look very well yourself. Thank you very much. So we're here to build your own dream supergroup. Have you had a good time choosing I've the members? I've had many a sleepless night. Yeah. Thank you very much, Neil, since you mentioned it to me. So before we um, talk about your influences then, we're just going to talk a bit about your own music and your songwriting. Okay. We've just had a chat through your uh, back catalogue, actually, on uh, Spotify. Can you talk us through your, your previous albums that, that are out there? Yeah, well, I started recording on the Isle of Man back in about 2002. I was recording beforehand, but we were just like doing demo stuff. And it was only then that uh, Dave Armstrong, a very good friend of mine, very close friend, and producer extraordinaire, thought, we'd, why don't we bang an album out? So uh, I started a collection of songs, and then that kind of grew into an idea. And so that was released in 2003. And then it didn't slow up, so to speak. I kept on writing, but I just I I'm not this person who wants to get everything out every couple of years. I'm just I like to take my time, work on the art. So the next album was in 2006, but we recorded that over a couple of years, on and off, just trying to get a nice sound. Really, looking back now, we just we went a little bit too anal, yeah. and just navel gazing. Yeah. But the, the songs are great. I still love the songs. Whereas the first album was a kind of a joy to make, the next one was a bit more thinky, yeah. and we should have we, we kind of lost a little bit of the joy. I'm not saying we didn't have a laugh when I mean, we had a laugh. There's no point if you don't have a laugh. And as you can hear in the songs, I mean, a lot of people laugh when they hear them. <laughs> when that was done, I started writing again for the next album, which is a bit more. It's very loose in a concept, but. I started doing that. So we're recording at the moment, and this one's quicker. This one is, I mean, all the tracks are down, and we've got uh, drums coming in next week. That's it? Yeah. Wow. How many tracks are you aiming for? That will be about 10 tracks, but I've talked to Paul Tier and also to uh, Mark Burroughs, who are the guitarists in the band, yeah. and I, I quite fancy an instrumental. So oh, yeah. I've said if they want to have a bash at doing something wow. to keep it in kind of tune with the album. But I just quite like the idea of having... I've been listening to Dwayne Eddy. Oh, wow. Okay. How good is Dwayne Eddy? Yeah. So, and I just thought, oh, I like a bit of that. I like a bit of Dwayne. I love the name as well, yeah, Dwayne. it's good, isn't it? Mm. And uh, Paul and Mark are just so talented, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Let's not talk about them. It makes you sick. Yeah, it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've just had a little note, actually. Um, from listen, I've listened to your stuff quite a lot. And you just confirmed that, really. So I, I do think that you kind of pour over every word and every note when you are writing. Is that the case? I don't really look outside to see what I do. I have a passion for it. I know that, and I'm, it's perpetually on my mind. Yeah. I'm either writing or I'm th- singing in my head and, and coming up with ideas. I love playing with words. I love the quirkiness of words, the playfulness of words. Melody, I love melody. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't call myself a songsmith or a, or a songwriter. I just, I just have a joy for doing it. And the luck is that I've got somewhere to record it and play around. Releasing the songs is 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 great to do. It's the studio, yeah. The creation is working with Dave and Paul, and that's the special time. And afterwards, it's like it's it's not superfluous. It's 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 the byproduct yeah. of creating. Just going back from your uh, recordings, then, 
What What was the first collection of songs? Do you remember the name of it? I remember the first song I wrote. Go on. It was called Snowman. Snowman. And I was in Birmingham sitting on top of my bunk bed, top bunk bed, looking out the window, kicking my legs, and a melody came into my head. And the word snowman, so I started, and it said, snowman, can't you believe that it's Christmas time? Oh. And that, so that's back in the 70s. When so, Christmas songs were big? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just snowed in Birmingham Easter. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so I remember that. I've always been, I've always loved music. I've just loved, I mean, being brought up with, um, listening to a concophony of different styles, you know, just from your parents. Yeah. And then I had an older sister. I well, still have an older sister. Yeah. And she got me into the, the teenage years through her bedroom wall. Wow. Listen to the... Yeah. Of Wham! and stuff like that. Amazing. And Haircut 100 and Talk Talk. You follow, you just follow. And then I think I got to about... Oh, I don't know. I, th I think it was OMD, Architectural Morality Album. That's when I started going, oh, I think I like this kind of style. Yeah. So you kind of... You start becoming independent and of, of your family's influences yeah so fantastic yeah so that was the first song you performed uh, i just want to remind you of a, a, a little ep you did back in the day wow Do you remember that? yeah that was that was recorded in london that was, was yeah that was when me and paul and a, a good friend of ours carl holden we were we all went down to london to find fame and fortune and ended up working in the hospital that's more um, important, really. Yeah, it? well, you it's think not for my health, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, not for my rock style. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we, I, that's when I, I wrote The Last Man on the Moon down there. That's when okay. I started going, I'm going to get an EP together. Yeah. So I wrote The Last Man on the Moon and then Stars Collide. And me and Paul wrote one called Somebody Said and there was another one, Maybe I, which me and Paul, <laughs> ironically, used to be Saturday mornings in the lounge, usually in our boxer shorts and T-shirts, <laughs> Just hung over from the night before. Yeah. Can I say that? I just did. You did. And uh, just playing through songs and just laughing and joking. And those songs form there. That's when I started formulating the style of the, of the songs. That not formulate. It's, it was just coming together within itself. Yeah. I wanted to. I, I, I love that kind of heaviness, but I'm just. I'm just not stuck up for it. <laughs> the EP I was talking about was that uh, Shine. No, Shine was wow. See, this is what you've I done your homework, about. Neil. No, do you know? I am um, because I bought it. I had it. Really? Um, yeah, I bought it in the cul-de-sac and I was thinking today, did you sell it on tape or we, did I make that? I don't know. I think it might have been on CD. He might, Dave might have just made you a copy on compact disc. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pirate. Really? I, wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was even released as a... It wasn't released as a hard copy and this was before uh, Interweb. It was just at the beginning of it. Cripes on a bike, mate. I remember that. Yeah, Good heavens. Songs, actually, yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was recorded. That was when I was just... When we would... Me and Dave were just working yeah. on songs and yeah. just finding joy in creating you must have started then um kind of doing covers really uh, yeah. with paul yeah um that's what we were like if you were uh, going to the cul-de-sac in the, in the day you were a, a in great the heady cover days band, yeah so how long were you doing covers until you kind of had the confidence to perform your own well i was in a band back in the early 80s called stories for boys and that was kind of like covers and we used to write our own stuff there so i did a couple we did a couple of originals then and we recorded those stories for boys without you the motive and then it all went dark and i went into covers cover band it's just easy and you're there for a reason mm. you're in a bar to entertain people i was writing while we were doing kind of starfish captains and stuff yeah. i was writing anyway and recording at dave's but i remember doing the last man on the moon at the cul-de-sac i think we came back from london for a tt or something and we did that and that's when i thought do you know what we should really start thinking about doing our own stuff it's an ego thing i think 
that said, you can't put life into the song unless people hear it. And then if they yeah. start liking it, then that, you, you're on a winner, aren't Definitely. you? Are you happy writing, being in the studio or performing, which is the, the best kind of... I, I love writing. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy writing it. But <clears throat> I wouldn't call it writing. It's just I've got stuff going round and round in my head perpetually. The studio is when you offer it out to your friends and we all kind of put, have our input into it. Then that's just watching something arrive is is yeah. it's it's very exciting yeah it's very exciting well thanks for talking about your songwriting there um now before we start building the super group we're going to hear one of your songs mm -hmm. now you've kindly let me choose them today haven't you yes i have are you sure you're happy with that yes i have okay fantastic well i sounds like i know your songs you, better I think, than i, I than you do so you, you do i yeah. think if you put shine on i go yeah. woohoo <laughs> We'll get my old tape copy there. <laughs> um, so the first one we're going to play then is from your um, last album called Head Swims. Yeah. And it's called Stars Look Cheap. Okay. Let's have a listen. Okay, that was Stars Look Cheap by Truman Falls. So let's go back further in time and talk about your earlier influences. So what songs were in the house growing up? Oh, thousands, thousands. I remember the first song I remember enjoying was Fireball XL5, which is from a television series. Okay. I had a massive fixation on the end theme tune from Stingray, Aquamarina. That was a good one. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. had a crush on her as well. <laughs> Not, honestly, I did. Massive crush on her. I used to sing that a, a lot. Uh, my mum introduced me to the Beach Boys. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. good grief. Yeah. I remember one summer, I think it was like 1976, it was the, the, hot, the, the hot summer. Oh man, that album! She got me the. I got when I actually got her. I went down to Woolworths and bought her the vinyl of Twenty Golden Greats, the Beach Boys, oh, and I played it. Really? I played. Oh yeah. man! So it had all. It had all the ones, all all the biggies on. You know, wouldn't it be nice? What a song! And wow. these are and these these are less than three minutes yeah. long. This is like a symphony in under three minutes. The guy is is a genius. Mm. Is a genius. It's perfect pop. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. So I had that, and I had oh, just. The Walker Brothers, Neil Diamonds, wow. ELO, yeah, you you name it, we'll be playing it. My yeah. mum and dad just they used to buy records every week, and you know as a consequence we couldn't switch the stuff. I wasn't yeah. even to touch I had to touch the yeah. vinyl. So and ABBA, my sister loved ABBA. Brilliant. I can see looking back, you can see kind of where it all started moulding you. Yes. Do you remember the first song you kind of uh, sang? Yeah, well, that you was like Fireball XL Five. I can't okay. remember. My mum, my mum always said there's a song called Fireball XL Five. And he used to sing it, and that's the first song that she remembers. So I, I was, I must have been two or three. So even before I could talk, I was kind of singing. I don't know if it made any sense, no, but the, me, melodically. <laughs> but Aquamarina was, was, but the, one of the songs that really kicked off for me was the Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore by the Walker oh, yeah. Brothers. Yeah, makes me cry now. Yeah, it's just incredible. So sad, isn't it? It's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A beautiful, beautiful song. And it's been covered loads, but it's still that kind no, of You can't beat yeah. you, when you hear that. It's like yeah. most things. If you The first version that you hear will be your song yeah. for life. If you listen to another cover, even if you heard something that was covered from the Beatles, mm -hmm. so you heard 
the long and riding road by yeah. I don't know Russ Abbott. Yeah. Okay, that would still be your go-to. Yes. I, th- yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's I could be true. completely wrong. Yeah. And when you listen to the Beatles verse, you go, yeah, no, but it's not the because yes. it's, that's the earworm. It's that your you original get. one. Isn't that's it? your original. Yeah. 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 I don't know if Russ Abbott has recorded the. I, mean, I bet he has. Yeah. We'll, we'll get him on Why the phone. did I say Russ Abbott <laughs> of all the people? <laughs> there's, that, there's my muse. You is see, he your drummer. He was a drummer, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah. Could you know you? You're very good at this DJing stuff. It's just all coming to my head. Channeling Bob Harrison. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's it. Do you remember the first song you kind of uh, learned to sing properly then, or you, you sang around the house? Yes, it was um, Why Must I Be a Teenager in Love. Oh, what a tune, yeah. Why Must yeah. I Be... I used to sing that in the gully, which is the alleyway in Birmingham in the back. Yeah. And that was just an earworm. Yeah. And I just thought, why must I be... And I wasn't even a teenager. Yeah. I just loved the, the down melody, yeah. the, the kind of decreasing melody. All yeah. The, all those songs, yeah. I think we had to like a... Rock and roll greatest hits at CD we've always played or album, that was definitely on. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just so catchy, aren't they? Just, they're just yeah. little pop gems, yeah. pop gems. And you get you you go through like your your you're like your, your teens and upwards, and you kind of reject all that. You kind of go, yeah. I've got this is my music, you know, yeah. the eighties and nineties are my yeah, yeah, yeah. my oasis or uh-huh. my what. And then you get to a certain age, you do start looking back, and then you kind of go, ah, oh, just I took all that for granted, really. And then you just you go back to. I don't whether seeds were sown. Maybe I I'm not too sure. It's not. It's not something I sit and scientifically think about. It's just I, maybe it does give you that kind of thought of when you were younger. Yeah. I don't know, but I just the, the simplicity. Yeah. You know. It just works. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. 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 They were the kind of first songs they, that that's, came that's along. It, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. That's the, the that was when everything. I mean, nowadays. Oh gosh, I sound so old now. <laughs> Should put my slippers on. <laughs> it's 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 all. It, can I say it's all being done? I, that sounds really critical. There's no new instruments. No. There's no new way. That They were the pioneers. Yeah. Definitely. Up until about, I'd say, the, maybe the mid-80s, late-80s. That was, you know, when, when, when it all started, when the digital age came in. And now it's, you kind of, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm not even going to worry about yeah. worrying about it or be bothered about it. It's hard to reinvent anything, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And you can't really. They didn't have as, studio-wise, they didn't, you know, it was all thrown together yeah. one take wonders mm-hmm. no bouncing you know four tracks even less maybe and they're just they're just the urgency of it all yeah. and you kind of we kind of lose that we're lazy in the studio now yeah. i mean oh, yeah. you know we'll do do a couple of vocal takes we can spend time cutting editing drums and stuff yeah. then it was like you do it now you, you, do, it live, you, yeah. you do it now yeah you do it now and i think that energy um comes off the the record as well and it it does and i think it's if you listen to a record if you if you listen to a record from when you were younger say um let's say um the walker with the sun ain't going to shine anymore for as as an instance you listen to it in your head and you go oh it's a beautiful song then you listen to it it's in mono yeah so there's no depth of it it's Mm -hmm. in it's a it's a mono and it's dirty yeah the strings are kind of on the verge of distortion the vocals are crammed in yeah and you kind of go but there's a there's the beauty of it. There's the beauty and the ugliness of it, yeah. and that's what I think you can you can lose by the digital age. You know, trying making to, a bit things too clean. Yeah, they're trying to squeeze it on two or four tracks. Yeah, and giving that big, you know, and just spending too much time production. Yeah. It, this is only, you know, I, I say that, but I listen to a lot of music now, and you go, yeah. "What a beautiful, you know, beautifully produced." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, so, like, so by yeah. Peter Gabriel. What an album! Oh, I mean, man. good grief. I, I just, you know, I, that's digital, but that's just like. Boom. I've been waiting for him to come on Spotify again because I think he was on, then he came off, and then suddenly walking home one day, he's back on. It's like, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, do you know the song Steam? 
Yeah. Oh man. That's Steve. That, his yeah. voice is just so yeah. amazing. He's got a great he's got oh. an absolutely tremendous voice. It's so strong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know that much about Genesis, but you know, they were quite an arty band. Um Until he and, left. Yeah, until he left. And they went a bit more poppy and I love that version. But then you think it's eighty stuff is quite poppy as well, I really, Yeah, well, yeah, it? when yeah. he left when he left uh, to to go his own way, he had uh, he had a great single. What was it called? It's a knockout. Games without frontiers. Oh yes, that's good. games without yeah. frontiers. Yeah, uh, and that was that was kind of like his kind of moving away, but yeah. actually getting pop. And then he then he comes out with so sledgehammer, oh. and you go, where the heck have you been? That still stands with that out, voice. Yeah, that still stands out. Well, I think it was of that year. It was like the best produced single. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear people copied it. Yeah. You could of that time and going ten years later. It's like the same with David Bowie and Let's Dance. The snare was sampled so many times from that yeah. song. Anyway, we should start building our band. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's recruit some musicians. So we're going to start with the rhythm section. Okay. Um, so let's start with the drummer. So who are you going to pick on drums and why? Well, this is this was the hardest one mm-hmm. because. The whole kind of drum and bass thing, kind of people kind of don't really see them, but for yeah. me, they they are they are the backbone. Yeah. So I went through loads of choices, and I actually ended up with Karen Carpenter. Oh wow! Yes. And the reason is because I, I mean the, the 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 early Carpenter songs were just phenomenal, yeah. but I didn't know until I was in my teens that she actually played drums, mm. and I actually started listening to the songs in a different way. Yeah. Not because she was a girl, but because I just I just thought her voice was the best female voice. Yeah. I think. And um, she was kind of a begrudging. Really well, she was. She, wasn't in she, her yeah. words, she yeah. was a singer, a drummer who who was a singer, yeah, yeah. and not the other way around. And she's got this jazz. It's because she's a singer yeah. that she plays like a singer. Yeah, That's yeah. how people don't kind of get that. But it's the way she plays. Yeah. It, it's got a, it's got a melodic. She she can keep a bat beat. Yeah. But she'll go off, and it's like there's little jazz tinges. And yeah. I love jazz drummers. Yeah. I was looking around like the fifties, sixties, and as, as as drummers that I'd like to pick. But then I thought no, because she's got she's she's got that jazz thing going on. But it's also because of her sensibilities as a song, as as a singer. You can hear it. Yeah, it's like less is more. Mm-hmm. But when she goes for it, she she goes for it. Yeah. That's a good way to get Karen Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, band, yeah, yeah. Bless her soul. Favorite Carpenter's song? Oh, rainy days and Mondays. Oh, with the harmonica at the start, yeah. another song will bring a tear to my yeah. eye. If you watch her singing, she has a, a slight lisp. Yeah. And she doesn't put her lips together completely. And you can actually hear it. And when she goes, talking, it's, oh, yeah. man, it's yeah. just so shiver, shiver yeah. factor of a million. She fits in with your uh, love of sad singers as well. She's yes, I, th- I think, yeah, I, yes. I mean, I, I was brought up on the Carpenters yeah. through my parents. And um, I think that's one of... One of the things that have crept in, there is a beauty in, in yeah. sadness. Oh, there is a beauty in sadness. I love um, Goodbye to Love. That's oh, just, man. Just so what a great guitar solo oh, as well. Yes. You just, out you of wouldn't, nowhere. You wouldn't think that, yeah. would you? No. I will stick a fuzz box yeah. on this. It's just out of nowhere. And it just yeah. takes it up. I mean, the harmonies in the background. It's Which bit do you like? Um, when they, the actual guitar comes in and then they're going, ah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. end bit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. beautiful, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they fill it in after that, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's great. And just, I always just picture Brian May just walking forward and going, wow, <laughs> you know, really kind of laying in, yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Okay, so we've got the drummer, Karen Carpenter. Good choice. And who are you going to partner her with in the rhythm section? Who's the bass player? Well, bass players are again, but I'm going to go back to the to the like the, f- the very late fifties, early six. Well, all the sixties and seventies and the eighties. And this is Carol Kay. She was the bass player from the Wrecking Crew. Oh. So she played 
bass on most if you played most of the songs of the 60s from yeah. america she'd be playing bass on it fantastic and so, so some of my favorite songs she's on bass yeah. so pet sounds by the beach boys she's playing bass yeah. on every song in there yeah. uh, wichita lineman by yes. glenn campbell boom 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 she's playing bass on that i mean I, I could sit here and just reel them yeah. reel them off and off oh, the stuff she did with phil Spector. yeah Melodic, yeah. she can keep a straight straight beat if yeah. she wants. But you say to her, go for the go for a bit of melodic. She yeah. should go for it. Amazing. And um, in that time, you know, a, wom- a woman on yes on bass guitar as well. Like you see all the photos of the Wrecking Crew as well. They're all like hairy old men, aren't they? And yeah. She's in the in the middle. Bolding old blokes yeah. in white shirts and yeah. ties, and there she is rocking yeah. it with the glasses on. Fantastic. But that's 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 the, that's what I'd like to think this is the romantic side of it. Is yeah. that is because she was just a really good player. Yeah. Exactly. She's just and like, you're playing bass for Brian Wilson, who kind of was the bass player in the Beach Boys. Yeah, you've got to be good, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's great. Oh, the Wrecking Crew is so fascinating. Oh, man, Glenn Campbell was in the Wrecking yeah. Crew for a while. Yeah. He, he, the amount of songs he played yeah. on Strangers in the Night. Yeah. I mean, this, what a job in those right. in that in that era to yeah. kind of wake up in the morning going, I'm doing Frank Sinatra, then yeah. I'm going to go to yeah. Phil Spector, yeah. and then I'm seeing Brian Wilson yeah. in the afternoon. You, you lived it, don't you? It's like. Um, <laughs> It's just, yeah, and then the, the drummer, Hal Bain, he actually played on the songs that Karen Carpenter would sing on the albums oh, Hal okay, Bain right. would, would, oh, would play. Right. Oh, and he said how what a great drummer she yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. In which case, well, why, did you, why did he play on them? Yeah. You should have let her play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Brilliant. So Carol Kay on bass. Yes. Yeah, and Karen Carpenter. Yeah, all the carols. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. We've talked about your earlier kind of memories of music. So let's let's go a bit into the future and talk about the bands you discovered in your teens and early 20s well it was omd was yeah. was one of the first it was like you, they had your duran durans and stuff but mm-hmm. i um, i remember hearing souvenir by omd that's no, just ethereal that will be the song that they play at heaven's gate if there's a heaven really but like architectural morality which is from the album so that had like joan of arc and joan of arc made of orleans just experimentation very much like craft work in a, in a kind of way, yeah. but it still had a kind of like a pop sensibility, so it's quite accessible. Yeah. But it was just really weird at yeah. the same time. Yeah, so that was that. And then I, I remember hearing Talk Talk yes. through my bed, my my sister's bedroom yeah. wall. That was me. I was hooked on Talk Talk yeah. from the first album, and I grew with them because they grew themselves yeah. from like the parties over the first album to the It's My Life album to the Color of Spring yeah. throughout Spirit of Eden and onto Laughing Stock. People go Radiohead were amazing. Yeah. These were. Radiohead sight talk talk yeah, as yeah, being an influence, really. and that's that, that, and you can see why if you listen to them. So I grew I I grew with them, and Mark Hollis. There's something I've called. It sounds quite pretentious. I call it um, the, a sense a Merlin sensibility, whereas most most bands I won't say all, but most bands go through a thing where they they start off trying to be interesting and they end up being poppy and doing yeah, covers, yeah. whereas you've got these Merlin state which is. David Bowie had it where they start off kind of poppy, but they, then they just they get older and older and older yeah. as they you know they just they mature really really yeah. well, and that was Talk Talk. They started pop, and but they just finished up completely. Scott Walker had the same kind of sensibilities. Uh, Radiohead when they yeah. first came out with Pablo Honey with that yeah. album that was just you know Creep was like oh yeah it's a, it's okay yeah, it's yeah. kind of indie, and now look at them now they've just they just go on this upward trajectory yeah. which is completely different to what everybody else does. Yeah. 
you can tell uh, when a band does that because the earlier stuff is easier to cover, isn't it? Yeah. And then when you end, you think, oh, I can't, I, I've got, a, I can play creep, and that's it, you know, and uh, high and dry. Yeah, no the, surprises, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and then, and then all then starts go, to go. Yeah, nah, I'm it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just do karaoke. <laughs> do you remember the first album you actually bought yourself? I was Architecture More. Oh, was that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I did buy the Disney's um, John Barry's The Black Hole back in 1979. Wow. Okay, that's a that's a great yeah. great John Barry. Another just yeah. incredible yeah. composer. You know, he's known for James Bond. Yeah. Get rid of the James Bond yeah. kids. Listen to things like The Black Hole or Midnight Cowboy. Mm, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And do you remember the first band you've seen? One I can r- remember vividly was when we moved to London. I went to see um, a duo called Ben and Jason. They were like not, not mid-90s, late-90s maybe. They were they were incredible. Yeah. They played, played down at... Um, Spitalfields, and I watched them, blew me away. And then I watched Richard Hawley in two thousand, and he was he was just released his first EP album, just like a mini LP. And I heard him on Terry Wogan, wow. the singer on Terry Wogan, and he he was playing at Spitalfields, and I went down to watch him, and it just completely utterly blew me out yeah. away. Guilty pleasure from a, being a cheesy cover band. You probably have a lot of these. So, is there anyone you're a bit ashamed of? No, or not of? really. No, I used to be, but I remember um, Bob Harrison said to me, a great one. He said, "There's no such thing as good or bad music. It's just songs you like and you don't like." Yeah, that's true. And guilty pleasure makes it sound like it's naughty and it shouldn't be. Yeah. There was a time when I was younger when I wouldn't, when I'd go, "I'm not, I'm not, not going to mention Barry yeah. Manilow." Yeah. But now I'm quite actually. I, there's, there's some songs that yeah. if you played them. People go, that's a great song. The Carpenters had it, you know. The Carp- yeah, I remember yeah. in the, like the, in the like, 80s, the Carpenters were sneered at by yeah. musicians. And then all of a sudden they released an album called Everyone Wants to Be a Carpenter or something. And you had like Buffalo Springfield and stuff like that yeah. playing on it. And all of a sudden everyone was going, oh yeah, I love the Carpenters. Yeah, and you yeah. thought, no, you yeah. were sniggering at them last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of But I was just that. as bad. Yeah. A lot of bands get that. Like the Bee Gees. Got yeah, it. the Bee Gees. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So um, let's go back onto the band. Okay. Let's recruit some um, more band members. Um, so first of all, we're going to um, go for keyboard and or. Yes, you did the and an or, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, only one place, keyboards well, or rhythm guitar. So who are you, you see, going well, for uh, see, because I thought if it was going to be rhythm guitar, it was going to be Glenn Campbell. Oh, brill. Yeah. Because I just, because he's, he's another one. He got a bit naff, didn't he? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he just came back yeah. because he was, you know, getting older. But Rides Down Cowboy, boom, yes. great song. Yeah. But they had the stuff in the 60s, Wichita Lineman, I've yeah. said. Yeah. Oh, what awesome song. song. So I had to pick, I thought, okay, who am I going to pick? Keyboard player, a bit of sensibility here. It had to be Burt Bacharach. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's worked oh, with Karen. He's, yeah, he's wrote exactly, a few yeah. songs with Karen. Definitely. He's most probably met the other Karen as well, so yeah. he knows how to write a song, yeah. doesn't he? Fantastic. And he knows how to play a keyboard. Yes. He knows how to play piano. Have you ever watched him live? I mean, he's, he must be in his late eighties now, mm. and he never, he never was a singer. He's the first one to admit he, yeah. he talks through the songs. Yeah. But you, but you just watching him play piano, and he get, comes up with those melodies. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful music. Yeah. So I'd have him because he'd just be a force to be reckoned with for arrangement wise. And he's just there's a, there's a I, I do love jazz. And his jazz sensibilities are really very sharp and keen. He can he can give a dissonance with it, with, in, in, but it it really works. It's not trying to be arty. It just works for the song. Okay, well, Bert's in. Bert's in. Welcome aboard, Bert. And, Sit down, Bert. Yeah, here we go. And um, so this is a big one: lead guitar. And why? Who are you going to have on lead? Well, I'm going to have who I've mentioned before, Richard Hawley. Now he's quite a new one for me. He's been the, the past like twenty years. I've I've. Well, He's been going around <clears throat> with a band called The Long Pigs and stuff. But he, like I said, I went to London and I heard him on Terry Wogan and I just heard the guitar sound and thought, 
that's this is like fifties. Sounds like the fifties. This guy's not around now. So I went to I went to watch him and he he stole me. The first the first gig I watched him he just stole me. There was about thirty of us in the room. He wasn't known at all. And it's just his guitar sound. It, it could be from the fifties and like early sixties. Uh, but it's again his sensibility. He's just less is more. He's got that kind of melodic play, yeah, which works beautifully. His new albums are a, a bit more commercial, but his old stuff like Cole's Corner or True Love's Gutter, which is a gorgeous album. The guitar sounds. It's it's usually dare I say what I usually mention to the boys again. Just just try and find that Hawley sound, yeah. that kind of re, <laughs> reverb drenched but melodic yeah. sound. Paul Paul at, yeah. but Paul T no Paul's got it in buckets. Yeah. Paul's Paul is very much the same kind of sensibilities as Richard yeah. Hawley in the respect that he'll get something very melodic very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And Mark Mark's got that kind of idea as well. It works really well. Yeah. So basically, I just want to be Richard Hawley. Exactly. Okay. Burt Bacharach. Yeah. I just basically, I want, to, I want to eat. We'll go back to the eating the bands. Yeah. I'll eat my super band. Brilliant. So Richard's Richard's on board as well. Richard's on board. I'll, I'll give him, you, are you going to call him for me? Are you going to call all these yes, people? Yes, we've got all these people on Excellent. there. On I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bother with Karen. Well, well, we'll get someone. We'll phone our brother and see uh, who he recommends. Okay. Let's hear another song. I'm going to choose this other one as well. Again, now we're going to go through Apple of My Eye mm-hmm. from your last album, Head Swims. Tell us about this song. Well, this is kind of... if This would be actually quite cool for the supergroup to play because it's got that kind of idea with that kind of that kind of skippy drum beat going on, lovely bass from Dave, that kind of 50s Hawley-esque guitar. And I just, I wrote it, it was, uh, I wrote it, it's for my son, it's about my son Jonah, and I just wanted to do something like in that 50s idea of keep something short and sweet to the point, and don't embellish with the lyrics, just go from the heart, so there we go. Okay, let's hear it. All my life I've never seen such of my eye by truman falls thanks for letting us play these simon so next we've talked about so we've talked about your early stuff we talked about you growing up and kind of discovering bands for yourself Mm -hmm. now are you an old fart like me or do you like any new bands or artists uh i do i I, i've keep my ears open Uh, there's i I don't do the charts anymore i don't think anyone does i just it's just a combination i'm just trying to think what i bought recently uh have you heard wise blood she's she's awesome she's very good American, but she sounds British for some reason. Right. Bit of bit of Carpenters, but weird. Okay. So it's kind of like f- kind of folky, kind of it's it's beautiful. It's the it's called um, Resync the Titanic is the album. Oh wow! Have a listen to it. That's Honestly, a nice you'll, title. You'll, you'll you'll love it. It's yeah. really really much. And she's got she's got one of those voices. You yeah. go, oh, why, why does she have to have it? Yeah. Why can't I have it? <laughs> it's called a jealous voice. Oh bless. <laughs> <clears throat> so next then for your band. You're gonna pick a songwriter to write a song with. First of all, tell me a few of your, without picking your favourite one. Tell me a few of the near misses. There's so many songwriters are the are the the, the big the big thing. 
if you can write a, a song, you know. Yeah. Burt Bacharach yeah. writes a writes a song like yeah. uh, Richard Hawley's written a, yeah. a lot. A lot. Brian Wilson, good yeah. grief on yeah. toast. Wow. Those people kind of encompass a pop sensibility. Yeah. And I'm going to have to mention Mark Hollis from Talk Talk because yeah. he is. I mean, Scott Walker is very very close. Scott Walker is absolute genius in his last his last two albums um, for Phillips uh, Fontana, which was Scott Three and Scott Four, were. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I, those would go on Desert Island with me. Yeah. But Mark Hollis and Talk Talk is not a songwriter, he's a composer. Yeah. He's kind of takes everything back to composition. His songs are just, can I say, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, just Brilliant. beautiful. Again, give me a few nearly misses for the lead singer. Me? I want to be no, there. No, you're, no, you're in it. I want yeah, to be there. Yeah, so okay. you duet with All right. these. All the right, singer. okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, it's going to be Scott Walker. Okay. Because Brilliant. he's got the voice. Yeah. The, the voice. There's something intrinsically sad about yeah. his sorry, intrinsically sad about his vocal yeah and we love that and I, yeah. I just I love it but you listen to him when he started up I mean he started up doing like stuff in the 1950s again yeah. and then he got into the 60s and 1969 was when Scott Four came out and it's just every song on that is in, and his but his, vo- his voice he went to a vocal trainer because he wanted to get rid of his vibrato and why would you want to do that that's just a beautiful part of his voice yeah the vibrato. So he's kind of latter period stuff. He went off into experimentation. Good for him. Yeah. Not my kind of thing. But though there's like three of his albums. There's there's a song called Joanna, which he did in the sixties. Oh, oh God. It's, oh man. It is it's cryable. Yeah. It's shamefully good. So Scott's in as well. Scott's there. Scott's in. Nice duet. This is actually a super duper lemon scoop. It's about. brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> Good grief. Now I'm going to offer you um, a one for a one-off gig. Your dream venue. So where would you uh, pick? So it can be either somewhere you've always dreamed of or somewhere you've done. Ronnie right? Scott's. Ronnie Scott's. Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. Where you said Park Street in Camden. I went yeah. to see. I can't remember who I saw there. It just shows. I went to went there, and it wasn't. The artist, it was the venue. Yes. That impressed me the most. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's yeah. just that's how weird is that? Yeah. That you can't remember yeah. who you went to see, yeah. but it was the place and I've yeah. all I've it's it's there's the intimacy about it yeah. and I just that you can chat. I yeah. just like the idea that you can chat in between songs. Yeah. I, I I think it's the older I get the more I kind of relax yeah. and enjoy enjoy it yourself yeah. and not try and be there to Fantastic. I I, I <clears throat> There are two places on the Isle of Man which I love. There's the Groudle Glen. We, we do that every year for Alex yes. Brinley down at the Groudle Glen for the steam kind of thing. That is just a Sunday afternoon. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. really good. Yeah. And there is one place on the island. It's just over that hill. The Douglas, the, the old Douglas Head. Oh, um, yes. How yeah. awesome would that be to get, yeah. to get the bands to go and play back there? The little a, bandstand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. In the, Sun, yeah. A summer afternoon. Yeah. I had it. I had a. I was going to call it Headfest. Yeah. And it was just going to be get Manx bands to go and play there. Yeah. I mean, that would be an awesome place to play. But there's the Peel Centenary Centre. Yeah. What a what That's a beautiful yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. place to play. Yeah. Absolutely incredible sound. Yeah. But yeah, Ronnie Ronnie Scott's is if guns to my head. I would love to do Ronnie Scott's. Fantastic. Okay. So the band is complete. Let's let's recap then. Just remind us then. So on drums you have Karen Carpenter. Yeah. On bass. Okay. Then on keyboard, Bert Bakarakian. Then on lead guitar, Richard Hallless. Then a singer to duet with, Scotty of the Walkers. Fantastic. And you're all performing a song by Simon Ray and 
Mark Hollis. Mark Hollis. I don't think that would work, to be honest. So that everything else would work. Yeah. But I think Mark Hollis would walk in and go, I'm not doing you guys. Really? You're, you're too pop. <laughs> you're too pop. Where's the dissonance? He'd shout and storm you. out. It's just, that's that's my dream. I'd, yeah. I, I would love to have met him. Just, just to, I don't know. I, would, I don't think I've said anything to him. And all doing a gig in Ronnie Scott's? In Ronnie Scott's. Amazing. After doing... The Peel Centurion Centre yeah. or warm up gig there. A warm up gig there, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Simon. Um just remind us where your um albums are available. Well you can go you can go on the um Spotify yeah. or you can go on iTunes or yeah. all the other palavers that you don't buy hard copies from anymore because oh. that's just old age hippie stuff. <laughs> so yeah, you can go on there and enjoy and while you're listening go they're getting nothing for me to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> they're living in a caravan. But they sound great. They but they sound, sound yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much for having Cheers, me. Simon. Thank much you. appreciated. Cheers. And that brings this episode of Supergroup to a close. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please like our Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. All our episodes are available on the Manx Radio website in the podcast section. If you're interested in local theatre, please check out our sister podcast called the Manx Theatre Podcast with myself and Neil Callan, and that's available on all the same platforms. I'm Neil King, and this has been the Supergroup Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.